Huh, that's a funny-looking cigarette. You roll it yourself? What's up, everybody? Uh, I was really loud. Sorry. Um, it is ITYH episode eight? Question mark? Are we on episode eight now, Graph? I think so. All right. Fuck, cool. Really should have. We're, we're 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 at that point in the podcast where we can't even remember the episode number, which I think is probably a good sign. Uh, it is me, Justin. Schwartz, along with my cohort Ryan Graff, how are you doing, boss? Hello. Um, I'm doing well. We are uh, recording a little bit earlier than usual because I got. Why we sound so groggy? Yeah, I got to fly out to Boston this afternoon, um, which is which is funny because we got a a slightly Boston tinged episode coming up next. Yeah, yeah, a little bit next episode. What's it called? Uh, uh, how have you been, Justin? What's been up with you? Dude, Mercury has been in Gatorade. It has been a rough couple of weeks for me, to be honest. It's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, I'll say that. If I can take a couple minutes to to share some interesting stories with our oh, audience, yeah, I, I would love to. Um, so I'm I'm moving to Colorado for grad school. So I've uh, been planning a trip out there to, to like look at places and such. And um, like days before I left, I was hanging out with some uh, coworkers in a park and trying to be a show off badass climber and uh, tried climbing some shit I shouldn't have and uh, fell and broke my wrist. Which is pretty normal, you know. Like that's 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 a good humbling thing to happen when when you start getting a big head about anything. Probably, to be honest. Of course, yeah. No, y'all always need somewhere to someone to drop you on your ass when you when you need it. Exactly. Too too big of a head is never a good thing. And uh, days later, uh, my my partner was at my place. Uh, at the time, she she had a sick dog who passed away recently oh some peace patches uh so uh a magnet for my fridge fell on the floor and i was really worried that the dog was gonna eat it so i was like on the floor scouring for it and uh, my girlfriend was loading up the fridge and uh when i went down the fridge was closed so in my brain like fridge was cl- is cl- still closed when you when you go up but uh instead i just stood up into an open fridge door and gave myself a concussion. I literally oh moved the fridge, God. apparently. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird feeling. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had a concussion, but like, just like after getting hit in the head, the immediate urge to like vomit and go to sleep is, you know, that's that's a pretty telltale sign, apparently. Yeah, concussions are um, not fun, but it's just a, yeah, a strange. The only scary time I've feeling. ever had like a concussion I can remember um, was when I was. Th- 13 i was up at bat playing baseball and i remember Mm -hmm. walking up to home plate and then i remember waking up and my (laughs) 
immediate family and all of my teammates are circled around me and I'm laying down staring up at them. And everyone is just like, oh shit, he woke up in shock, kind of. And I immediately just go to stand up and I look down at the ground and there is so much blood. And what was it? I just had my helmet up um, too high above my eyebrows. So when I was up at bat, they, I just didn't step out of the box uh, quick enough, and I got smacked above my left eye. Yeah, and if Oof. anybody has had a uh, bleeding head injury, they know that that shit just leaks and leaks and leaks. Yeah, dude. Uh, we're so fragile. We're just <laughs> fragile, squishy flesh sacks. I think that's... It's just, it, no, it's just me and you. We're the only two f- fragile ones. <laughs> everyone else just... is impervious no dude i don't know i'm just super super ashkenazi jew so super clumsy and and you know it's it's really a miracle that i haven't like accidentally walked into like a bus yet um get that settlement baby get hit by a bus yeah, right and <laughs> you know they say they say bad things come in threes right so uh the third one happened in colorado i don't think i i maybe um but we we almost got robbed while we were there <laughs> uh yeah dude so uh i don't mean to my laugh partner, at that but jesus christ yeah Justin. i know right like all in like a week time span it's crazy uh so i i was up there with one of my future roommates and then uh my girlfriend met us out there and we were staying at a hotel um Hilton Home Two Suites, big shout out to uh, them in Lakeland. Uh, don't ever stay there. Um, so we left the hotel at like 9 a.m. and we get back at like 2 p.m. because we were doing showings and stuff. And we like, put our room key to the door and like it's a different color. So we, we go to the front desk and they're like, oh, that means the deadbolt's engaged. And um, we, we got maintenance up there because like, oh, you must have slammed it super hard and engaged the deadbolt. And it's like, fuck, like what? Like that that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's and, not uh, how deadbolts work. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, those like tools that you like stick in a car window to open the door. Yeah. They, they used one of those to open the hotel door. Right. Okay. And the swing latch is engaged, too. And like they were like maintenance. Is anyone in there? And this this dude was like taking a nap. And, uh, he like had his bags packed and everything. Like he answered the door. He was like trying to like leave. Uh, I'm like recently concussed in a broken wrist. Uh, and my like badass girlfriend and future roommate, both girls held this motherfucker back. Like they wouldn't, they blocked him and like, wouldn't let him leave. Uh, and then we literally fucking like, it, we we did try doing the right thing, right? We we told him like empty your pockets, empty your bags, and like you yeah. can go. And like he tried walking past us, and we're like, nah, fuck that. So we literally like held him in the room, called the cops, and uh, it was really intense, man. The dude was like wearing my clothes, like what the fuck? It was I know, I know. It was so some, it was really did, freaky. So somebody just wandered into your 
Yeah, so the the door had like a sticky latch or something like that because like it was heavy enough to like shut on its own like most hotel rooms. But yeah, uh, when the when they read the the like history of the door, they said he you know he didn't like hack into it or something like that. It must have just like been open somehow. Um, so he just he just walked in, and uh, it's I mean it's a shame you know I I wish uh, I wish we could have just like gotten our shit back and not have the guy been arrested but like honestly dude he was kind of a fucking creep like he had like all of like my roommates like underwear stuffed in one of his bags uh when when we got to our next location we found he he either like was covered in piss or like he pissed on a bunch of our stuff because like our stuff just like reeked of piss oh my god Um, yeah, you didn't yeah. tell me fucking anything about that. You told me about yeah. the <laughs> in the wrist. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely an intense couple of days. But I don't know, the, the rest of the time there was great. But no one, you know, I'm I'm all for gatekeeping Colorado. So, you know, let this be a lesson to you guys. If you go out there, uh, don't, don't, don't stay. You know, it's, uh, you get robbed and you get your stuff peed on. <laughs> Jesus fuck dude holy shit oh my I god I know I know they sent us like some some paper some like victim paperwork to fill out and it's kind of funny because we're just they're, they're like what do you recommend for this person to have done to them and we all like pretty much agree we're just gonna write like oh we recommend like rehabilitation services like I don't know maybe give them a house like we're, yeah. we're all gonna write just like some super leftist shit on it so I just uh, the prosecution dude, definitely won't be able to use it I don't know why the idea of somebody like of me walking into because I travel all the time this is so freaky fuck I'm gonna be yeah so- <laughs> I know dude make sure your hotel doors close like, yeah I mean generally I like get like an entire like studio apartment for like an Airbnb usually and Every time I stay in a hotel, some fucking weird shit happens. But, um, what was I going to say? Fuck. Just seeing somebody else, like, wear my clothes like that, piss smell or not, would freak me out so fucking Oh, for sure. Very, very traumatic. No, it makes a great story, but very traumatic. Uh, And it wasn't even until they were, like, arresting the guy that I was like, he's wearing my fucking pants. What the fuck? Well, um, not to take up too much more of the time of the episode, but I haven't really been up to too, too much. Um, <laughs> I definitely haven't. Yeah, I, I guess I should have followed you up, huh? <laughs> no, it's all good, dude. But yeah, I haven't really been um, up to too much. I've been working a lot. Been Went out to Salt Lake City. I was just, uh, I finally made it to the West Coast for the first time which was uh, nice. really dope. Um, I was in the Bay Area. Uh, shout out to fucking Oakland for being cool as shit. Loved it. Yeah, Oakland. definitely the coolest place I've been. And and I don't mean like the best. I just mean in terms of cool vibes. The Bay, is it's, yeah. it's got it. Yeah, fucking Oakland was killer. I spent like no time in uh, San Francisco. I did do a shoot for um, a place called Mo Greens in the mm-hmm. Mission District, which was cool as shit. Uh, Sounds shout- super California. Yeah. Shout out to you guys because they hooked me up with some good ass bud. 
Um, nice. And they were also the only dispenser I've ever shot that had like a lounge. And I was talking to these Swedish people who were just like hanging out, and they're like, "Yeah, we we got vaccinated, and you guys don't have your borders closed, so we just came to hang out in San Francisco and smoke weed." And I was like. God, ever the whole world thinks we're fucking idiots. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing new, but yeah. definitely it's it's way more in the open these days. But uh, yeah, I've just been just been working, and uh, I feel like I have to give our uh, episodically uh, mandated apology that we've been so busy and haven't recorded. I mean, we're just working and doing shit. I've been stressed out. I just took like a week off of work. So like this is the tail end. Or like I said, I'm going out to Boston right after this. So, but <clears throat> yeah, we just, we both have a lot of shit going on between Justin moving and me working and shit. So sorry, not sorry. As Justin's put it before. Yeah. Exactly. We're just trying to make some content. We put stuff out when we can. I mean, hopefully we get to a point where we can do stuff regularly, but like if we can't, it is what it is. And we're just going to keep doing it for fun as we can. Um, And you're going to keep enjoying it when it comes out. You're going to take what we fucking give you because you're, you're lucky you're even getting this. Okay. George, I'm talking directly to you. You better be fucking enjoying this right now. Okay. (laughs) You have no idea how tired I am. This, this is all for you, George. Um, so, we sure, are, are we ready the... to get into it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Let's. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be covering season two, episode four and five. The first one is Halloween. Um, <clears throat> the first date or the original. Air date of it was October 26, 1997. Uh, we got David Zuckerman as the writer, who's the original um, showrunner for Family Guy. Also created uh, the U.S. version of Wilfred. We've talked about him once or twice before. And then um, a new one that I hadn't seen before is uh, the director. John Reiser. I guess we have seen him one time before, but I could not find shit about this dude um, besides the fact that he directed this episode and Keeping Up with the Joneses, the episode mm-hmm. where the Hills were all addicted to cigarettes. Great fucking episode. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for production notes. I had kind of a hard time trying to figure out or trying to find a bunch of stuff on these directors and writers for these episodes mm-hmm. but yeah. uh any anything else in terms of production um no not really uh if you want to cool. take it away juice man yeah, yeah yeah for sure so we got some some serious spooky vibes opening up the episode uh we got the gang hanging out in Hank's garage, uh, making some props. Uh, they're, they're tracing Dale's body and they, uh, they end up tracing the cigarette. It's, it's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say the only thing I have for that opening part is, uh, them tracing Dale's body and then Hank being like, 
Well, it looks like he died with his tongue sticking out because they traced around the cigarette. I thought that was yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, man. He, he really is my favorite. So, uh, Hank is basically just making some props for uh, Bobby's school haunted house. And and he's just fantasizing about Bobby having the perfect Halloween because uh, he, he has fond memories of it when he was a kid. We get uh, a cool little flashback sequence. I love how the gang is like always together in, in their flashbacks, and it's not really clear one way or another where the, whether like Hank was like raised on a ranch or whether like <laughs> yeah. uh, you know the the gang just like island. yeah exactly. Um, but I, one thing I did like kind of take a note on was like it's almost all of the costumes in the in the flashback have some like hippie flower vibes. So I don't know if they're just trying to say it's like the like. 70s or 80s or whatever um but i i thought the only character that should appropriately be dressed as a hippie for halloween would would definitely be dale yes <laughs> do you have any candy cigarettes ma'am <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the, dude the writing is it's just it's crazy how consistent like yeah. all the jokes are and then for that part too when they do the flashback i thought it was funny as shit because i'm like damn that that lady at the door seems kind of familiar looking um and then after they trick this house because they only get one candy bar um they're tipping over the mailbox and it shows the (laughs) the name the hills on the mailbox yeah they just uh vandalize their own house yeah, <laughs> to exactly. Which, to which Hank just immediately goes and calls his mom after he has flashback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we end out uh, having Hank take Bobby to, I guess, the department store to get his Halloween costume. And he's, he's a little frustrated by the lack of spook. Uh, a sentiment I think, you know, we can share with a lot of people these days is, uh, you know, Halloween can undercut by Christmas and like, where's, where's the fucking spook, you know? Yeah. Um, where, where is the spook? Who took it? But uh, Bobby wants to be a Dalmatian. Hank is, is obviously not happy with that. Um, and he ends out offering his, his old, uh, kid's devil costume uh, to Bobby instead, right? Um, Luann, we, we get a sequence of what Luann is doing in the meantime, and she's hanging out with a bunch of super waspy Christians. Uh, and there is one particularly waspy woman. Uh, I, I Junie her, her name is Junie. Yes, Miss Junie harper exactly uh and she has kind of taken her own foothold in the church and and peddling influence yeah um, the, the introduction for junie uh if you guys haven't seen the episode yet is uh the other like youth pastor pastor talking like well i'd like to introduce uh somebody who's uh hasn't been at the church long but uh has made their way or made themselves known through a series of uh Angry letters and threats. Here's a Junie Harper. <laughs> I was like, that's, I don't know if you I got the same experience, but growing up in a small central Florida town, um, a lot of the Sunday school or youth group people that I had to interact with as a preteen, um, 
were very much like this. They wanted you to be so afraid of God that, like, you couldn't fucking breathe without, like, thinking about it, you know? Like, they wanted your children to be terrified of going to hell. And it was fucking and crazy. and who would who would guess that that would push people away from religion? You know, yeah. it's, it seems like a sound strategy. So I do have to stop real quick, and I haven't gone on this rant yet, and I'm going to do it now because I've been to Texas since the last time we recorded, I believe. Hit me with it. Have you ever heard of Lubies? Lubies, no. Okay. It's a funny name, though. So, um, Luann, her last name is Platter. Um, sure. So, there is a restaurant in Texas called Luby's, and it's like a chain restaurant um, that does, like, cafeteria-esque type food. Um, just all all sorts of American classics. I actually have their menu pulled up right now. But sure. um, their value platter, or their value plate that you get one uh, one entree and two sides in a roll is actually called the Luan, and that's where they got Luan's name from, the Luan Platter. No way. Luby's, because it is a popular dish. And Fascinating. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't know for why on this episode it, I remember that fun piece of tra- or, uh, <clears throat> trivia. But uh, I have in all caps in my notes, do the Luan platter rant. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, pass me. I'll do it. Cool. No, no, no. I, I like that. That's, that's a good little tidbit. Um, so basically, Luan is, is becoming convinced from this waspy Junie Harper that Halloween is a satanic holiday. That's, that's the agenda that this woman wants to peddle. She wants everyone to be miserable like her on Halloween. Um, so her proposal is that she's going to be doing a hallelujah house, which just sounds like the best time, um, instead of a haunted house. Um, basically the next sequence here, we have, uh, her showing up at Bobby's school. Um, and she is trying to get the school haunted house canceled because she's claiming separation of church and state. state. Oh my God. I forgot about that part and was just like, of course, of course, some fucking soccer mom who has nothing fucking better to do, even though they show, they show her without children or whatever. But I just like, Every time Junie was talking, I had such vivid flashbacks of just like shitty church moms. Um, this this is a very real archetype. Like, there's a lot about King of the Hill that's hyper uh, hyperbolized, but like definitely. Like, oh, she yeah, the waspy woman with like nothing this. better to do. It, it exists. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, fucking Hank just wants bought. This is like one of the most wholesome Hank episodes that we've hit, hit so far. Just because Hank really just wants Bobby to have the type of Halloween that he had as a kid, you know, like, and it's just like, oh, my God, please let my son have fun. Please let the kids have Halloween. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I, that was it. <laughs> 
True. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I, I think it is a funny and just has a, a tinge of irony to it uh, that she is, is literally doing the like uh, reverse strategy of what, what real life Satanists do to, uh, you know, as activism is they typically use their own, you know, quote unquote brand of religion for anyone who doesn't know an actual Satanist tend to uh, not actually believe in Satan. They just use it as a poison pill to keep, uh, separation of church and state keep like religion out of schools and that sort of thing. So like if a school institutes a prayer uh, at, at the beginning of their day, every day, they'll go to that school and start handing out like, you know, the satanic Bible and, and that sort of thing. And then get a, you know, basically they'll say, Oh, you, you know, you want to separate church and state. Okay, cool. You got to take out the prayer as well. Yeah. So uh, she's basically doing the opposite of that, which I thought was was very funny, claiming that that Halloween is is satanic and and she wants a separation. It was it was created by the Druish as Luan <laughs> for exactly which offends exactly. which offends me as a five V Druid player. Uh, it's Druid. Luan, please. Yeah, I could at least pronounce the name better. Yeah. God, what what a fucking OP class, dude. Five oh my God, Druids dude, are we, busted in 5e. Not, not going to go off on too much of a tangent, but we just leveled up to... We did a bunch of shit. We actually just stopped streaming our game just because it got too complicated. But um, we just leveled up to level 13. And all of my spells in the seventh slot as a Druid are fucking apocalyptic. And that... I won't, yeah, I won't describe them all, but it's so sick. <laughs> Play more tabletop games if if you're not already. Um, so basically, you know the the haunted house at the school gets canceled because, uh, as uh, Principal Moss puts it, uh, they can't afford another uh, lawsuit. They blew all their money on the wheelchair ramps and left-handed scissors fight. So. Uh, <laughs> School can't have the haunted house. We already fought uh, so ADA. We can't fight for or, <laughs> or, uh, separation of church and state. Exactly. So uh, Peggy gives Hank the idea to to have a haunted garage, which garage, uh, which upsets Luann quite a bit because uh, she feels like she's being talked down to. She she feels like she's being called dumb and really the only woman, the only person in her life right now saying she's not dumb is this insane woman, uh, Junie Harper. So basically, um, you know, Hank decides to go forward with, with the haunted garage, right? Um, Bobby is about to become a teenager. So Hank needs to show Bobby the, the trick side of, of trick or treat. All right. So uh, they're loaded up with eggs, toilet paper, whole nine yards. Uh, and they're about to, to pay Dale a visit when they notice uh, Junie Harper down the street. Uh, so Hank at Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they want to go do unto others as, as Hank puts it. So uh, they start cheaping the house. Bobby, uh, in, in his usual fashion, is not good at things. So he ends out uh, knocking down a birdhouse while he's trying to teepee her, her yard, uh, which wakes her up. She ends out, they, we, we get a little chase sequence. 
uh, I, I love the the dialogue between Hank and Bobby because it's it's just so out of character for both of them. As someone who uh, enjoyed a bit of the spray and the vandalism as a younger man, um, <clears throat> ten out of ten would go would go paint with Hank. Um, also. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a line where Bobby's like, well, Dad, isn't this vandalism? <laughs> and Hank just stares at him for a second. He's like, Bobby, I don't think that's a very mature mindset or something like that. I was yeah, just like, Dude. yeah. He's just like, shut up, nerd. Come break shit with me. <laughs> if, if your dad wants to go, you know, destroy some property, you should yeah, go take, destroy some take property Take the opportunity with your dad. To, to do some, some bonding. It's... You're you're legally allowed once yeah. once your dad says you can yeah your dad gave you permission. It, my dad um, said it was fine. <laughs> so uh, we we get the the chase sequence and Junie Harper being the fucking narc she is calls the cops and Bobby just goes it's the fuzz yeah and uh, Hank's like ditch the evidence and this this is the part that like you know, definitely made me laugh the loudest uh, throughout the episode as they end out like basically like bombing Dale's house with it. We just have like this, like the color tone is like tinted dark room of, of him watching TV with no hat on in his underwear. And you just hear a bunch of like dropping on his roof and he freaks out and screams and, like, my description. Like yeah, my description doesn't, you know, match the uh, funniness of of the actual scene. Oh no, like, that, good god, that's like one of those scenes where I laughed too, but I was having a hard time making a note of it, so I just skipped. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, uh, what's it called? The uh, this is where the episode just goes into straight satanic panic mode. Where yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm glad they're 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 touching this. This was like Satanic was, Panic was definitely like pretty real in this country at one point. Yeah, so it's, it's cool that they the, they the touched late, on it. The late '90s. Funny that we were talking about D and D right before this, but um, yeah, this is current Satanic Panic time. But uh, so. <clears throat> Bobby starts to feel guilty uh, as they're driving by Junie Harper's house. He sees the the bird home knocked over and he he feels real bad about the birds uh, not, not having a home, I think, is, is really what it comes down Which to. Which is a, a sweet sentiment to have. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it's just sweet old Bobby. Uh, and that's, that's when Luann starts explaining to Bobby that his father is a Satanist. <laughs> And, uh, when, when she's kind of like running him or walking him through the steps, I love this animation sequence we get of like, you know, just the flashbacks of him in the store, just like, where's all the scary stuff? And like, just liver, it won't kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the super, super trippy animation sequence and like. I don't know the the animators on the show. Like it's it's not something I had spent a lot of time thinking about in the past, but like it's it's cool how creative they're able to get. You know, in in terms of like probably collaborating with with Mike Judge and the other folks. But like if if you look at the show on paper, it's it's very much a show about nothing, and like 
the fact that they're able to do stuff like this. Oh, with yeah. the, I, I don't know. I just thought it was I, branching quite far out and it, I, it works well. I also think it's like what I think about in that regard about the show all the time. And I'm sure I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, I just like, you know, the majority of um, animation doesn't get done in the US. It, the principal animation gets done here. And then they usually send it to, at the time, either Japan or Korea, now usually just Korea. <clears throat> and there are these huge animation studios that actually fill in all of the frames. Um, and then mm-hmm. they send it back and forth, and then it gets cleared, touched up, and aired. <clears throat> but I always think of, like, just a bunch of Korean people who, like, have never been to Texas and stuff. And I'm not saying that Korea is, uh, or South Korea is not um, built up or anything. But how fucking weird it must be working on King of the Hill as, like, a Korean person in the 90s who's never been to Texas or, like, anywhere yeah, near the sure. United States. I'm just like, holy shit. Like, they must be like, how the fuck do these goddamn americans think this is funny at all and i'm like i could not explain it to you except for we are and i do because this is our podcast about that show (laughs) anyway um so the the next scene we have junie harper uh basically causing ruckus at a uh town hall meeting where dale is, is complaining of the egg incident and uh, she ran over her cat in, in the process of chasing them down. So she throws her dead cat on the table in front of everybody and like freaks, freaks out the town, basically gets them to install a, uh, a curfew. Yeah. And um, right before Junie um, gives her statement to the town hall and dumps out her cat corpse, which is just morbid as fuck. <laughs> Dale was uh, speaking to the uh, city council and accusing uh, somebody of committing a hate crime on him because it was a crime committed by someone that hates him. Um, And I just love as he's walking off screen and Junie's walking in, you can hear the uh, town councilor just be like, let the record show somebody hates Dale Gribble. And then Junie comes (laughs) up and I'm like, "Uh, that was great yeah no a lot of people hate del gribble um so basically we we have this next scene in the hill residence of hank and luann fighting over bobby's soul uh luann is winning it is uh heaven versus candy uh and bobby is is trying to you know he's 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 listening to the bullshit luann is feeding him um so basically, uh, we we get to the actual day of Halloween, and the town is 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 dead because Junie Harper uh, got the curfew uh, instilled. So Hank finds out that. Um, so actually, no, we have the Hallelujah House sequence before mm-hmm. this. So. Uh, I, I do think it is pretty funny how Junie Harper has this like almost unfun uh, setup for Halloween. Uh, she has like uh, you know a couple. It's it's basically like a di- a, a large diorama, right? And yeah. she has like a sex kills 
thing where like there's a young couple letting the hormones get the best of them and you know she flips the board around and it's like they're dead yeah which is like basically basically the florida sex ed system in a nutshell um you get pregnant and then you die (laughs) yeah exactly you 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 have sex once and you get gonorrhea on your eyeball um So basically the, the next uh, little diorama project, she has some actors set up and um, a gorilla comes in and starts, you know, rampaging across the table and eating their baby because uh, they can't protest evolution. I, I wasn't really sure what, what point she was trying to make no, here. They were but... saying that the, the, the monkey was their grandpa and that the grandpa started eating the ba- their baby, and the dad is like, "Well, we can't stop him. We're not allowed to cre- or, uh, teach creationism in schools." And I was just like, "One one of the two, they have nothing to do with each other. These these issues that we're <laughs> having in this uh, little yeah. skit, and it's just like, dude, like, I think it was really funny the way that they." managed to uh juxtapose um the theme of halloween being fun and enjoyable and then the theme of evangelical christianity being terrifying and soul crushing like yeah you know like junie harper is literally just out there to make sure that a no one is having fun and everyone is so scared of God that they can't think of anything else. It's like, yeah, dude. Which is really the scariest outcome. Yes. You think about Let it. me go to hell if I don't have to be fucking anxious about something else while I'm alive. Like, I didn't <laughs> ask to be born. I'm dealing with this hellscape as, I, as best as I can right now. I don't need to actively think about what comes after (laughs) you know hitting the nail on the head my friend um so basically uh hank ends out finding out through um luann who tells peggy and peggy telling hank that um bobby is at the hallelujah house luann snuck him over there right um and I, I thought it was very funny that uh, Peggy brings him a cold beer to give him the news. And his, his line reacting was, I, I came very close to spitting out my beer, which is, uh, you know, Hank Hill would never waste a drop of that golden. Golden aloe. Um, so in, in his own protest, Hank puts on his childhood devil costume, which is just comically tight on on his middle-aged body again another Uh, one of those scenes where i just would have loved to see like the dude at the animation house just being like what the fuck are these people watching (laughs) (laughs) exactly so he he starts a trick-or-treat protest uh and slowly but surely the gang joins him boomhauer joins him as a mime uh, Bill joins as originally a ghost, but running out of his house, he, he rips the ghost costume, turning it into a toga. And uh, and then we Dale got Dale is a ruthless, high priced Washington lobbyist, right. <laughs> peddling influence. Yeah, peddling influence. Which 
I, you know, watching this, I absolutely want to steal. I, I want to go. One, one of my favorite Halloween costumes is going to like, uh, like events as like a character in a Halloween costume. So I would love to be Dale as a high priced Washington lobbyist. <laughs> I think that's probably going to be my next. Uh, that, Halloween like, costume in candy. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm uh, me and a couple of our friends. Since we're all uh, we're all good to go outside, we've had our uh, our microchips implanted. Um, but oh, we're yeah. going to Bonnaroo. Get this vaccinated. Year. Yeah, we're we're going to Bonnaroo this year. Um, and I was just like trying to. We have a big group chat. I'm just like, yo, we. We're throwing out ideas on uh, just like group costumes to wear, like on some of the nights or whatever. And I was just like, yo, we should do King of the Hill characters. And it's like literally all the guys are like, fuck yeah, I want to be Bill, I want to be Dale, da da da. And then um, <laughs> it's just like, I didn't think about it and I realized they have a point, but they're like, none of the King of the Hill characters uh, that are women are cute at all. And I was like, oh yeah, you're at a music festival probably want to look good and not like uh some weird redneck cartoon i was just like okay we'll save that we'll save that for uh supercon next year but <laughs> i i would nothing would warm my heart more than a group king of the hill cosplay yeah no definitely uh hit, hit me up if we're in the same area but if if not, we, we can we can remote cosplay. Um, <laughs> we so can both get you know, as in two different rooms on opposite sides of the country for for the the Halloween stream, we'll, we'll dress up. <laughs> okay, okay, good idea. Um, so we have the whole town eventually joining this trick or treat protest. They're all coming out. Uh, the the fear of of Junie Harper is is kind of starting to subside a little bit, uh, and we we get a cut back to the Hallelujah House, and I, I love that you know Junie Harper effectively has like religious salesmen set up trying to get people to sign pledges to. Not the even Hallelujah trying to get house. people to sign pledges, trying to get fucking children to sign pledges. Exactly. But with, like, middle-aged men, like, having them sign the contract, yeah. you know? And uh, it's just funny to see these kids at the table, and then, you know, there's this middle-aged guy that's just like, what's, what's it going to take to have you sign to Hallelujah House today? And then, uh, you know, cut to the next one. It's just like, you already ate the brownie, kid. Like, I didn't make you, 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 you got a side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just, I thought it was, you know, funny that, you know, she, she, she did in fact make the, the scariest place in the town uh, between the uh, unbridled uh, religion and just capitalism being rammed down your throat. Um, so the whole town ends up showing up to the Hallelujah House. And we have the uh, hell versus candy argument between Miss Junie Harper and uh, Hank Hill fighting for uh, the, the love of Bobby. And uh, Bobby doesn't choose either. He chooses spending time with his dad, which is just sweet little, little sentiment to, to end the episode on. Yeah, and then we get our uh, final scene, our final cut of... Uh... 
Bobby and Hank walking away. Hank in his comically small devil costume. And uh, Bobby just being like, well, Dad, back there when when I said I didn't care about the candy, I was lying. I do. I care. <laughs> I care a lot. And I just thought that, that was like the most Bobby way to go out on that episode. But Of course. Of course. All right. So we got... Episode 5 for Season 2 coming up next. Um, this is Jumpin' Crack Bass. It's a gas, gas, gas. Um, the original air date was November 2nd, 1997. Um, we got writer Alan R. Cohen and Alan Freeland. Um, couldn't find anything on Alan Freeland, really. Um, Alan Cohen, though. Alan R. Cohen. Started out on The Nanny, um, helped create American Dad, um, has worked on tons of King of the Hill and just tons of other uh, sitcom, live action uh, television for, or I think, I believe on Fox, mostly on Fox. And then right. um, we have our director, who is Gary McCarver. Uh, he directed Square Pit, Square Peg, and King of the Ant Hill already, um, and he also worked on Oblong's Mission Hill and um, worked in the art department on the Simpsons movie Mission Hill and the well, oh, I don't know about the Oblongs, but I thought Mission Hill was funny as shit, um, especially going back and rewatching it as not a child when I first watched it. Was that was that Mike Judge as well? Mission. I don't. I don't think it was Mike Judge. No? I'm not sure. I I really rem- I like. I had this very fuzzy memory of that show. I know the Oblongs was Will Ferrell. Um, let me let me look this up. If you want to get us started, I will. Yeah. Find this yeah. Out sure. Real quick. Uh, we got Graf on the beat. Um, so we get the opening of the episode with uh, Bobby and Hank digging for some non-factory worms because you know what? In Hank's words, the fish know the difference. All right. Stop buying your shit at bait shops and uh, start, you know, digging up your own worms. You lazy fox. Um, yeah. But, and the way he you know, describes it to the fact that um, what's it called? Hank kind of posits a uh, that they live in a world where worm farms are just tiny little cages for worms and they can't run around <laughs> all free. Um, yeah. Real quick, before we go any farther, uh, The Oblongs is made by a guy named Josh Weinstein and uh, Bill Oakley, uh, who haven't really done anything else that I can see. <laughs> Uh, that I oh, I, th- I thought you said a, a different name for the show. That's that's why I'm yeah, I, the Oblongs definitely. That's right, not sorry, not, that was it, a great fucking show. Not not the Oblongs. Will Ferrell is the Oblongs. Mission Hill is what I'm talking about. Mission Hill. Uh, both the creators haven't done anything that I Interesting. know too much about. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to what we're here. What we're given the people. Yeah, so uh, we we have Hank, you know, kind of painting his his picture of of fishing, uh, just romanticizing it a ton, 
Uh, it's between a you know a man, a rod, a lake, and a and a fish. You know, nothing more American than that, right? Um, so while while they're digging up worms, they uh, they hear Hank's car starting to go off, and there's a guy trying to uh, break into the hot wire. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a guy trying to hot wire Hank's truck, and uh, Hank makes a citizen's arrest. Uh, in classic fashion and I'm, I'm glad that you know i'm not glad but definitely uh had a based on what i explained earlier in the episode hank and i finally have something in common uh so uh basically we get the court sequence next uh, hank is at the sentencing and this is a super hardline judge, uh, and he sentences the the thief to ninety days of sleeping in a truck bed because uh, you know he's he loves trucks so much. I mean, um, he did he did make a good point where he's like, if I send you to prison, they're just going to make you a better criminal, which is yeah, pretty good categorically take. proven. But also. Um, <laughs> The fact that when he's like, yeah, you're going to sleep in a truck for three months and import and everybody in the the Texas uh, courtroom is like, <gasps> like gasps at the, the thought of yeah, not the, sleeping the in an American part of it. Right. Yeah. And not sleeping in an American made truck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, funny enough, though, I would I would bet uh, ninety days in an import truck bed is is probably better than, than the prison system. Uh, oh yeah. So oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, Hank is 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 stoked that he you know was able to to bring the dude to justice. He goes to the impound to recover his truck, finding that. Uh, they have completely stripped his car. Uh, the, the the criminal justice system process, uh, as it as it does so commonly, has basically uh, made a complete mess of the evidence and done nothing to clean it up. Um, and in fact, made so, life harder for the victims of the crime. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, again, as as I am literally going through it right now, um, they they have just made stuff harder um so basically uh you know he has luann on the job of putting it back together for him um you know they're 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 back at the hill residence and you know this hank is getting upset over the situation uh there's kind of a a joke at the beginning of the episode where hank is talking about while he's fishing he doesn't have to worry about who's going to take care of Bobby after uh, Peg and him die. And, um, you know, it's, it's starting to, to get to Bobby because uh, Peg makes a joke about uh, him having a stroke and, and Bobby's starting to, you know, try and calm his dad down because he's so chicken? upset about the situation. You're looking for chicken. Yeah. It's right here. I remember or it's chicken right here. Chicken dad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Um, so Hank ends out just like wanting to go fish. Uh, he ends out getting on the lake with the gang. The gang's got all of their fancy baits, the garlic bait, the electric baits. The and, bait. and Hank's exactly. Yeah. The, the non-American bait. Uh, Hank prefers the old fashioned uh, American Doug worm, uh, but it's not doing him any good this time around. 
Um, he's, he's not catching anything. The gang is getting all sorts of fish. And I'm wondering if, uh, is this the origin of the tender fish, uh, profile pick? Um, is, is just dudes in the nineties, uh, fishing and, and taking Polaroids. I mean, I, don't I know. feel like, like fishermen, like photos like that have been around forever, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, could could be could be right i see i think of the tinder profile picture with you holding a fish as maybe not as negative as most people think because ladies elaborate ladies or whoever is looking for partners on tinder um if you see a dude holding a fish in his picture guarantees you if you are the type of person like me where I like to be left the fuck alone, even if I'm in a relationship or not, I like to have my alone time. This person who is fishing is going to leave you alone for like an entire day, like once a week, so they can go fish, probably. Like hours of them just... You don't have to worry about what they're doing. They're sitting, drinking beer with like two other dudes, not talking. Might be an upside. Maybe get yourself fisherman. Don't get yourself a the, redneck. The downside of that is you have to date someone who fishes. Got him. Oh, oh sorry. Oh. <laughs> Man. So, uh, Hank is out heading to the bait shop. He is he's down to, to try some different bait because uh, the American worm is, is doing him no good. Uh, one thing I did notice here, I, I definitely want some feedback on your end from is, uh, is the owner of the bait shop, the same guy who owns the guitar shop and, and Hank's got the willies. It's at least a very similar animation model. Son of a bitch. I'm on the beat again. Um, what's it <sighs> called? Le- is layaway Ray also the guitar guy? I, I believe so. Okay, I'm gonna see if I can snoop through this, but now I I did notice that that that's a that's a good one, but yeah, usually yeah. usually I'm picking up that weird animation shit, but God little damn. little lazy uh, animation uh, Easter egg there. Um, so layaway Louie, uh, layaway Ray, who is liter layaway Ray, excuse me, put some is, respect on literally. Yeah, I, I my my apologies, Mister Ray. Um, he's he's literally gassing his bait shop while Hank is is in the in the shop, which is like the fun chaotic edge uh, that King of the Hill always manages to slip in. Uh, and Hank completely just doesn't notice that uh, you know all of the shelves are. In, I mean, he notices the shelves are empty, but he doesn't notice that uh, Mister Layway Ray is 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 trying to do a little bit of Jewish lightning <laughs> on on the place. Okay, so uh, more on Ray and Earl. Earl is the the uh, owner of the guitar shop, um, and then Ray is the owner of Layway Rays. Uh, both of them look very similar, but they are very different in um, hair color and clothing. But um, Hank, or what's it called, Earl, the guitar, Earl's music shop uh, owner, he uh, does not 
go out of business like Layaway Ray and a lot of the other small businesses do. I was going to say that the whole Layaway Ray scene is kind of like foreshadowing like the series finale and shit because we end up seeing him later at Megalomart. I actually don't remember that. I'm excited to go back to it. Um, so basically, uh, the Layaway Ray recommends uh, that he goes and sees his uh, friend who grew up in the hills. Uh, his name is Jack. He operates out of a truck over on the corner of 6th and Wilmot. And uh, Hank ends out driving to a uh, not great part of town. Uh, and uh, makes connection with uh, a, f- a friendly drug dealer on the streets. Hank doesn't realize that Jack is is slang for you know just basically like, dude, you know what's what's up, Jack? And uh, he, you know, the the drug dealer basically yeah, through a series of you know completely over Hank's head slang, uh, Hank ends out buying some crack. Freshness containers. You don't get this at Megalomart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, Hank decides to give his new special bait uh, a try. Um, and I just love fish. The, the the fact that again, someone else had to animate Hank Hill tying crack onto a fishing hook. <laughs> Yeah, they must have been like, what the what the fuck is up with these Americans? Um, so we we have, you know, the gang's back out on the boat. Hank's giving it another go. And he's, he's like you said, tying crack onto a fishing uh, hook. And the fish are eating it up. Uh, the gang ends up finding out that he's he's not using good old American worms. And they, they get a, a little taste, a little, little hit. And, uh, They're using Jack's natural bait. Yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, uh, you know, it, it's it's almost like this. I mean, I don't know if this is an accurate read or not, but uh, Hank's like kind of he develops an addiction to fishing with the crack. You know, I thought yeah. it was kind of it's like a very interesting take on drug crisis. Yeah, it's like a very. I was going to say it's very weird because, yeah, he does uh, does kind of develop a weird habit of fishing that nobody else is calling him out on. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. I don't know. I, it it might have been a read on, uh, you know, the the drug addiction in America problem, but may, maybe not. Maybe they're just making a funny... Um, so Bobby starts to kind of make, uh, Hank feel a little guilty about, uh, buying Jack's bait, but he, he's coming up with good excuses for it. Um, and Luann is still working on fixing Hank's car and she, you know, she delivers some bad news to him. I real quick, I, I do still love how fucking handy Luann is like as a character oh, yeah. is, no, is definitely pretty badass. I was going to say, yeah, at the beginning of this episode, it's pretty much just, kind of foreshadows and builds on character Luann's character a bit. The fact that uh, Hank is totally fine with Luann 
putting the entire truck back together, and Luann is like excited to do it too. She's like, yeah, stoked about it. Why did she's she's elbows deep in grease? Yeah, why? Uh, why didn't and, she just go no to with it. school to be a mechanic? Like, goddamn, why? Because she didn't need to go to school for it. It's in her blood. Mm. Um. So you know, at this point. Uh, Hank's getting upset about the uh, missing fuel pump in his car, and he uses that as a, as an excuse to go fishing. He, I mean, he doesn't seem that upset. It's it, de- it definitely seems like some junky shit where he's like, "Yep, gotta go fishing. Yep. No, no fuel pump in my car." Sounds right. Um, and the whole time he's driving around this little like, what's it called, grape juice box fucking uh, rental car to go mega low rental, yeah. Basically, uh, Hank ends out taking Bobby fishing because um, the gang is using up too much of the crack. And um, Hank decides to stop sharing his stash is is really the the conflict that's happening in between him and the gang. Uh, After a long day of, of Bobby just basically ripping the fish off of the line as as Hank casts it. Uh, the hills wake up to a break in, um, kind of, you know, out of nowhere. Uh, and I, I love Peggy's reaction just where she, you know, she the hears chair. the rummaging. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She just knocks over a chair, breaks off a leg and she is, I would definitely, you know, there's no one I'd rather be in a foxhole with than Peggy Hill. Like she'll, she'll get you out of the shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about so, that one, but we don't have enough time to argue. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I do I do not know how much I would trust my personal safety in the hands of uh, Peggy Hill, but we'll- I, I'm not. All right, here, let me just say this: I'm not saying her judgment is sound. I'm saying like she'll fuck someone up, in, okay, in you know if needed. Yeah, that's that's my point. Okay. Um. So we have Dale, Mr. Gribble breaking in, uh, trying to steal some bait from Hank. Uh, he, he claims he's doing his, his annual termite inspection, and then Hank whips out the weed whacker, and, and he runs away. I like how, how Hank's weapon of choice is a weed whacker. Yeah, especially, uh, that is definitely especially after we had a uh, very gun-centric episode a couple episodes ago. Like, <laughs> it's like you think you'd come out with his shotgun, but... No, no, Hank's serial kill- killer weapon is absolutely a lawn tool, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, when when he loses it during the purge, he uh, definitely is is the guy out there with with a with a weed whacker. It's like you Just... know you know how that dude in Colorado had the kill dozer. Uh, Hank Hill has the kill. Oh my mower. god. I just watched that documentary. It's so good, dude. If you guys haven't seen Tread, go watch Tread. It's it's free a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, it's def- fascinating. We, we we need more people with that kind of motivation, but you know, just uh, <laughs> just I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking while I'm being recorded. Yeah, mad, um, mad welding <laughs> skills and uh, a mad being just mad. Um, so basically, uh, you know, the Hank is out of bait, so he needs to buy some more bait. Um, and Dale follows him out there because because Dale wants in on on this special bait. And uh, Hank and Dale both end up getting 
busted buying crack. Uh, and again, they, they didn't realize they were buying crack. They're just that naive of uh, suburban Dallas-Fort Worth rednecks uh, that they just thought they were buying bait. And they end out in front of the same judge uh, that sentenced Hank's uh, car break-in guy, the, the hardliner. Um, and the judge's proposal to him is that if they can catch a bass with some crack, then, um, then they're good. Right. Uh, the issue being, I love the, uh, his line of reason, the judge's line of reasoning where he's, well, you know, the bass stories really doesn't make much sense, but you've got the haircut of an honest man. I'll tell you what, I'm going to take, or we'll go out on the lake, and if you can show me how to catch a wide mouth, wide mouth bass with a rock of crack, then you're free to go. And I was just like, oh my god, fucking, I was wa- actually watching this, I took my notes yesterday, but the day before, me and my roommate Carlos were um, watching this episode, and like he's never seen any of this um series before so when he watches it sometimes it's like his first taste of it and the whole time whole time we're watching this episode he's just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like yeah it's, definitely- it's crazy how out of left field they can definitely get with this series like you definitely have some very run-of-the-mill episodes but like just the the creative ceiling on king of the hill i, I think is pretty unmatched by by anything else oh, yeah. uh, that that rivals it um so basically you know hank and dale are out uh with the judge trying to catch some bass the problem being the bass uh have gotten used to the crack somehow which, which you know doesn't really make a whole lot of sense you would think they'd be fiending for it but in any case they don't want it anymore um Hank sees a a worm in the corner of his tackle box, and he comes to the conclusion with Dale that, uh, you know, they're both going to jail, and he wants his last memory of fishing to be using good old American dug worms. Right, and, af- uh, he- right after, got to mention the fact that Dale tried to cheat um, and pulled in a fish on his line. And the judge grabs it, and the fish is frozen solid. And uh, what's it called? Hank's just like, for God's sakes, Dale, Like if you're going to cheat, why'd you get a frozen fish? And Dale's just like, I had a coupon. And I that shit made me fucking belly laugh. Yeah, just like classic, like naive redneck, like... Oh, I'm going to jail, but I can at least save some money yeah. uh, at, at the Safeway. Coup- yeah, at a coupon at the Megalomart. So, <laughs> so um, they're they're not catching anything with the crack, and and Hank just you know seeing the the last worm in the corner of his taco box wants wants that sweet American memory of of fishing with good old American worms. Uh, and on the last line of the day, the judge gives them five minutes. They're at the buzzer, and uh, Hank catches a very small bass with with the with the American worm, doing doing him justice. And uh, the smallest fish in the lake. Yeah, they they end up getting off uh, scot free because the judge thinks they were using crack. And and that's the end of Jumping Crack Fast, which is one of the most absurd fucking King of the Hill episodes that we've covered so far. 
it it is and it isn't i mean it's that we've covered so far for sure but like the absurdity i feel like definitely reaches this level if if not higher throughout the series yeah i just i feel like it's one of those premises where like whoever was writing it or like not whoever but the team of writers i'm just like how the fuck did you get from point a to point b like we wanted to make a a definitely fishing episode but like who was like the stoned motherfucker who was just like it's joy. What if we have Hank by crack? Yeah. Why don't we have Hank by crack? And then, like, and then someone was like, everyone was like, what the fuck? And then, you know, someone in the boardroom was like, wait, no, run with this. Yes. Continue. <laughs> it's almost like it was a creative exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you no, that... told me with without this episode existing to write an episode where that involves Hank's fishing and Hank buying crack, like that it's that's tough to write, man. Yeah, like it, it is it, serious kudos. To that it straight up, straight up does seem like they were picking like two different um, story beats out of the hat, <laughs> and they were just like, "Okay, now kiss, like put them yeah, together, and, and it works." And you're just like, "Oh wait, this kiss is super hot." Yes, um, it has Hank Hill on both sides. <laughs> that's that's my kink um so that that pretty much wraps up this episode do you have any any closing thoughts on either episodes i thought they were both good man i don't no, know yeah. like as as we progress in the series i feel like the, the show just gets a little bit more consistent which yeah. is nice and that's um that's kind of why on for our tentative schedule for season two i put these two together because i knew that um halloween is a classic and jumping crack bass was going to give us plenty to talk about. Um, only things I really got to say is, uh, next up on the next episode, but tell you what, we're going to be covering season two, episode six, seven, and eight. So it should be a little bit of a longer one. Um, and then what's it called? Thank you for, uh, hanging out with us and listen to us uh talk about king of the hill yeah of course and i think you and i are probably a little bit busy over the next week or two so i would expect to see that coming out sometime july ish give or take yeah um we'll, we'll, we'll get it done as soon as we can um and then or as soon as we have time because you're moving i'm gonna be working and stuff <clears throat> and then uh Somewhere down the line, we still want to do. I still want to do a stream. I think it would be fun to get some hell yeah, get some people together, do some uh, and just bullshit play some, some video watches. games. And then, uh, um, and we definitely still want to print some merch. Yes, uh, I think we just need to work out some of the logistics. I, I think you know, obviously, it'd still be very cool to to donate to some BLM causes. But I think a variety, maybe like a mix of mutual aid probably be good considering just yeah. the events going on in Palestine and stuff. I, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get more into the details of it. Uh, if anybody has, you know, recommendations in terms of charities and stuff to donate to, we're still open to that. I'm a shithead and haven't checked the email before this episode, but uh, if you want to write us, hit us up at ityhpod at gmail.com, whether that's charity suggestions or if you want to make fun of me and Graf, uh, we'll happily read it on air. Yes. Um, um, 
A hundred percent. Yeah. Is it send us something? If you guys want to write us an email, that's cool. Um, you can also follow us on our Instagram, I T Y H pod. Um, and if you shoot us a DM, I'll check those. I check that stuff usually like a couple times a week, make sure. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to, uh, follow us on there, that'd be cool. Let's get the conversation going guys yeah cool thanks for listening everybody a uh, couple shout outs to creators uh, I'm, I'm a shit at I haven't been shouting out uh, Aiden for, for doing our logo which was a ton of work so big shout out to uh, Aiden for, for drawing our um, our, our logo our, our cover art uh, what, what's his handle you know it better it's, than uh, I do at AIDS babes A-I S B A B E S. Um, yeah. Thank you. And Aiden. then also, of course, as always, a uh, big shout out to uh, Arizona Landmine for letting us use their shit for free. Uh, check their shit at ArizonaLandmine.bandcamp.com. Uh, again, big love to all of y'all. Be good. Be safe. Deuces. See ya. saying some words i'm speaking um there we go that's doing the thing so uh how's the hand much better honestly dude nice it's pretty quick healing i uh i broke it on the 28th they took off the cast like two days ago I'm like they gave me a brace, but they said I could take it on and off as as much as I want. And the rule is basically like if it doesn't hurt, I can do it. And you know, provided I don't put too much weight on it, it doesn't really hurt. Hell yeah! I don't. I've I've never broken anything before, but as far as like breaks, this seems like a pretty easy one. So I was gonna say, yeah, is uh, what's it called? As long as you uh didn't break anything that you're moving too much then it's usually a good one i mean it was my wrist it was the it's the bone that dude you want to hear how fucked i'm, I'm going to talk about this again on on the episode if you're cool with it but how fucked our healthcare system is <sighs> so like i was on the fence about uh going to like the urgent care or whatever and uh my my like girl I'm seeing my partner now. Uh, oh, look at you. Like, look at you, little you know, partner I know, boy. I know, so cute. <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, go, go, just fucking go, you stupid fuck. And, uh, I went. And they like they made the x-ray optional. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it was, it was free to me because I had good insurance. They, there are certain pictures that they charge extra to take. And they're like, you can get them if you want. You know, it's free to you. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, if it's free. And they even, like, give you an option to, like, have 
uh, a radiologist like look at it like for a second opinion of the doctor right yeah so they send me fucking home telling me it's a sprain and then they call me back like an hour later the radiologist looked at it and they caught the break on the extra pictures they took and it's like if I didn't have good insurance, I would have been like an extra two or 300 bucks every step of the way. Like I wasn't in that much pain, you know? So like, I don't know if, uh, if I had said no at any point, basically like they wouldn't have known it's a break and it's the literal bone that connects blood flow to my thumb. So like I could have like lost a thumb over it. Holy shit. Right. But like, thankfully, you know, I got, I got insurance and shit. But like, if if I were someone who maybe didn't have insurance and had to spend a bunch of money, then it could have been much worse, you know? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, fuck, dude, that's that shit's wild. That um, what's it called? That's a that's wild that they have everything like. It's like medical Tiered. a la carte. Like that. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not... It, it, it's weird, but like, you know, it, it makes sense, right? You know, it's like... How would be... They gotta make money, you know? Yeah, no, it's... I don't know, it's fucking weird, though. Um, uh, it's so fucking weird. Who the fuck? What about um, you? Any anything new with you? Um, yeah, I'm going to Boston today. I just had like the last week off, and it's honestly been impossible to make myself do anything. I've just been like hanging out with friends and sleeping, and not doing anything productive. But I deserve. I mean, that. like. Don't don't yeah. I was about to say don't beat yourself up with that boss. Like, oh no, it's. it's uh, I mean, it's important. It's, it's back and forth, but also it's like after being like constantly moving for like months on end, and then getting like that much time to just sleep. It's, <laughs> after, it's hard to get caught up on things after you do it. You're just like, why the fuck did I waste all that time? Yeah, seriously, and like. I'm still really fucking jet lagged, dude. Like I am really having trouble adjusting back. And I guarantee you, cause like I'm moving beginning, like probably like leaving on the 29th. Right. Yeah. So by the time I'm like properly readjusted to East coast time, I'm going to be going back. I fucking guarantee it. Jesus. You <laughs> say so you're leaving on the 29th to go out there. Yep. Yes, sir. Hmm. 